Well, good morning. How are you guys doing this morning? Awesome, awesome, awesome. Hey, my name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here. We're glad that you're with us as we're kicking off a new series today called This Is How We Roll. Uh, before we kind of dive into that today, I have a, a, a really cool kind of announcement to make. Um, just recently, our Coconut Creek campus, we, we've realized that uh, I, I don't necessarily do a great job of getting to know all of you guys and and a lot of you guys want to have a relationship with me, and I'm running back and forth all the time. We realize that, man, we need, we need some more pastors on our team. And so we just recently hired uh, some campus pastors specifically for this campus. And so Steve and, and Katie, you guys want to come? And Evan. And so uh, this, is, uh, this is Steve and Katie and Evan, in case you want to know the, the names here. And uh, they just moved here from Ohio, and so we're excited to have them here with us. Steve is really tall, so if you need something on the top shelf, he's your man. Uh, so we're, we're really pumped to have them here. They're going to be taking care of you guys. You have needs, any of those things. They're who you want to call. You'll get a phone call back from them. Uh, you won't get that from me. I'm just kidding. You might. Uh, but... Uh, but they're, they're an incredible family, and so we'd love for you guys to meet them. We'd love for you to introduce yourself to them. They're going to be out front in the breezeway after service. We'd love for you to shake their hand, get to know them, go grab some coffee, go grab dinner with them. They know where nothing is around here, so show them all the hot spots of where food is, because that's what it's all about in South Florida, right? It's about food. And so uh, let's give it up for them and just welcome them to our community. Thank you, guys. We're excited to have them be a part of our team here. They're going to be a great, great asset to this, to this campus and just caring for people in a, in a better and greater measure. And so uh, I, I'm excited that you guys get to meet them today. Please introduce yourselves to them. So today we're beginning this brand new series called This Is How We Roll. And by the way, that's as country as we get right there. Um, so if you're looking for more than that, you're going to have to go to like a country station because that's where you're going to get it at. Um, I, I love Florida Georgia Line, but that's it. So that's our version. And, uh, but we're excited because we like to just take some time to refocus, uh, reset a little bit every time during the summer, right before we go into the fall time, and just go back to why we do what we do. You know, it's always Simon Sinek, who's a great business person, he wrote a book, and it's called it Start, Start With Why. And it's always about why you do everything you do. It's always about what is the mission, what is the vision, what is the drive that makes everything happen, specifically here at our church. And, and at our church, there's one thing in particular we've been about since day one, and I put it in your outline, and it goes like this. We want to make it hard for people to go to hell by making it easy for them to go to church so they, so they can experience so they can know and so they can follow Jesus. That's what we are all about as a church. We want to make it hard for people to go to hell. We want to create environments where people struggle because they have not heard because they've heard Jesus so much. Like they're gonna have multiple opportunities because of our church, because of environments we're creating, because of other great churches around our community. We're gonna make it hard for people to go to hell by making it easy for them to go to church so they can experience Jesus, so they can know Jesus, and so they can follow Jesus all the days of their lives. And this is what I know is what you value in life, you'll risk things for. And so you've heard me probably say this, but I'll say it again. We'll risk everything to reach another person. And, and, and I've said it, uh, you know, we'll do anything short of sin. And sometimes we'll even sin to reach some more people for Jesus. I mean, we're just, we're just about that. We are about that. But not only are we about reaching them, 
We're about helping them to become fully devoted for Jesus. We want them to follow Jesus all the days of their life. And this is what I know, is the values that you have determine the decisions that you make, and the decisions that you make always cause you to go in a direction in life. And so if you don't like the destination of where you're ending up, you got to trace it back to what are the things that you really value. And because we truly value people following Jesus, specifically for us here today and what we're going to talk about, we value you following Jesus, heart, soul, mind, spirit, everything that you've got, something that we believe that we have as a core value of our church is we believe that healthy people grow. We believe that people that are healthy in their relationship with God, that are following God, there is going to be growth within their life. There's going to be this natural growth that's happening continuously. And so if you're healthy, you'll be growing. If you're unhealthy, you're going to see things start to fall apart in your life. And I know this to be true for my own life. In fact, let me ask this question. How many of you guys have ever gone on a diet before? Come on, show of hands, be honest. Gone on a diet. Yeah, a lot of us have gone on some diets, haven't we? Um, I, I, I remember I was a fat kid growing up um, until I reached the age of 16. Something happened. I was always the chunky fat kid. I reached 16. All of a sudden, I got swole. I got skinny. And then uh, as soon as I could, I got married because I knew I had a tendency to go back to being fat. So you got to take advantage of those moments. If you're skinny right now, take advantage of that moment. Um, we got a relationship series coming up. We'll teach you how to do that. So uh, uh, <laughs> three weeks. Family flings, relationship things. going to be incredible. Okay, um, just a little plug. Uh, so I got married. As soon as I got married, within nine months of getting married, I weighed 165 pounds. Nine months, I was up to 250 pounds. Some of y'all are like, dang, you a big boy. <laughs> 250. Up to a size 44 waist. There's like big, and then there's like, like once you go past 44, and get, they don't like have size. They just like, you really big, you know. And so I, I was like, one day I just got sick and tired of being sick and tired. And uh, my mom was working for a doctor at the time, and I sent blood work in and all this stuff. And I remember going to see this doctor, and he said, listen, TJ, you're going to have to make some changes. I know that you've just been calling yourself big bone, but you're not big bone. You're just fat right now. Oh, and I was like, thank you. Great bedside manner. And uh, he said, here's the deal. What we need to do is we need to reduce your caloric intake. And I was like, great, give me that pill. I'll take it. Like, it'll be awesome. And uh, he's like, no, no, no. What that means is that every day you're eating food, and it, and it amounts to a calorie. And so, like, most people are eating between two and 3,000 calories a day. That's the average consumption for a person. He's like, what I want you to do is I want you to take that down to 700 calories a day. And I don't know about you, but 700 calories, you go to Starbucks and you get a venti white mocha, you've already exceeded 700 calories. Like, like, like I just had to look at food and I exceeded it. And so I'm like, what? You crazy? And he's like, man, listen, if you do this, it will change your life. And so I started this process. And it was hard because, like, you eat, like, some vegetables and some protein and you're done. Like, you're over. Like, you don't get to eat anymore that day. You're, like, sipping on water thinking, like, oh, man, this is this and that and like, I can imagine this being a smooth, you're just imagining what life could be. But over the next 40 days of doing this, I ended up losing 50 pounds. I absolutely hated the process. But let me tell you something, I absolutely love the results. Hated the process of it. But I love the results. This is what I know about following Jesus is is I don't always like following Jesus. 
I know that's hard for some of you guys to hear, but I don't, I don't always like it. It's hard. But I'll tell you what, I love the results of following Jesus. Like, it's a game changer in my life. Totally a game changer. It's not always fun in the middle of the process, but the results of following Jesus is life-changing, which is going to kind of lead us to what we're talking about today. And if you were to go and tell somebody and you were to summarize up what today is all about, it's all about two words that Jesus invited us to, and it's these two words, it's follow me. It's follow me. When Jesus came to the earth, he didn't come with a command. He didn't come with a list of rules and regulations. What Jesus came with is he came with an invitation. He said, hey, I'm going to give you this invitation to follow me. I see where you are and I see what you're doing and I want to invite you on this journey to follow me. He didn't lead with a command. He led with an invitation to every single one of us. And what we're going to do is we're going to look at some multiple scriptures where Jesus asks us to follow him. And we're going to follow this pathway of following him. We're eventually going to end up in Matthew chapter 3. So if you want to turn to your Bible there, if you don't have a Bible, you can just follow along in your worship God or look up at the screen. But we're going to hit up some scriptures. We're going to start in Matthew 4 and end up in Matthew 3. And in Matthew chapter 4, what's happening is Jesus is on his way to Capernaum. And he sees Andrew and Peter fishing. And they're just ordinary people. They're just ordinary fishermen. And he stops and he starts to talk to them. And this is what he says in Matthew 4, verse 19. He said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Now, I've always found this verse really, really interesting. He says, follow me. He says, he gives them this invitation. Hey, I want you to follow me. And then he gives them this promise that follows it right up. And he says, and I will make you. In fact, I want you to circle those words in your outline. I want you to circle that in your Bible. He says, I will make you. He says, listen, Peter and Andrew, I know you're not where you want to be. I know you're not where you expect to be at this point. But listen, if you will follow me, you might not be where you want to be, but I will make you into everything you've ever dreamed of being. Here's the promise. You follow me and you're going to become what you've always wanted in life. And it's a process. But if you aren't willing to leave here, you're going to continue down the same path. And I know that this sounds a little crazy because I'm a hippie, long-haired dude wearing sandals and you don't know me. But I'm telling you, you follow me, it will change your life. You're not there yet and you haven't arrived. But if you follow me, we'll get there. And for some of you, you know exactly what that's like. That's your story right now. You're not where you used to be, but you're not where you want to be. You're on this journey of following Jesus. And you know that as you follow him, you're going to get there. Now, some of you, you're going to push back a little bit because you're going to say, like, I don't think I can get there. I don't think I can be there. And the reason you think that is because you've hung around way too many religious people. You have. And the reason you don't think you can get there is because what you've heard is, I've got to follow this rule and this rule and this list and this thing and this thing. And they put all these stipulations where Jesus didn't come with all these rules and regulations. He came with an invitation to follow me. Pretty simple. And I know that when we start following Jesus, it's really confusing at first because we don't know what it's all about. It's hard. But let me tell you this, over time, it gets easy. It's easy to follow him. I related to uh, a couple years ago, Shayla and I decided we, it was getting to be summer, and we thought 
man, we're going to get in summer shape. We're going to get like our beach body on. And so we decided to do uh, the insanity exercise program with Shanti. Anybody ever done that? Anybody ever done one of those things? Y'all are insane. That's crazy. Like it was, it was one of the worst decisions of my life. And, and I don't know if you've ever, you've ever done one of these things. You, you go in your house and you put, you put the CD in and you, 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 know, you set up. So Shayla and I were doing it together. So we set up our yoga mats. I set Shayla up in front of me because that's a good view. And so like, I was, sorry. Um, and so we set this up and, and, and it's like this 30 to 45 minute workout. But there's a, there's a warm up in the beginning and I'm not in very good shape at the moment. And so we start the warm up and it's plyometrics and it's like moving really fast, like jumping jacks and stuff like that. And so I'm like doing some toe touches to start, like pulling a hamstring doing those, start doing jumping jacks. We're about three minutes into the warm up and literally my heart feels like it's going to explode. Uh, like I end up laying in our kitchen yelling out, Shayla, I think I'm having a heart attack. Breathing heavy, sweat is pouring off. You know, like when you start, like you haven't sweated in a long time, you start sweating, you can't stop it. It's like a faucet went on, like pile of sweat on these, these fake wood floors are getting warped and stuff and like just, just sweating like crazy. An hour and a half later, I'm still in the kitchen laying on the floor. I'm like, I can't move. I can't move. I'm, I'm, I'm paralyzed. Like, call 911. Like, it was hard. I didn't know what to do. Like, I couldn't even do three minutes of a, not even exercising, a warm-up. But you know what I did? The next day I got up, and I got to four minutes. The next day I got to six minutes. The next day I finally got through warm-ups and looked at the exercises. Man, 30 days later, I was kicking Sean T's butt. I'm like, what, 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 Sean T? Like, <laughs> Like, I will show you what's up. But still, like, I got it all. Like, and I'm looking, and Shanti's walking around talking to people. I'm like, I'm killing you, Shanti. You can get back to exercising like me. Pretty soon when I get rid of this, you'll see my six-pack too. I couldn't do anything at first. But over time, it became easy. Listen, over time, following Jesus, it becomes easier becomes easier in your life. Now this next passage in, in Matthew 9, 9, this will, this will mess you up a little bit if you come from a church background because, uh, and, and it'll be very, very familiar to you as well because we're gonna encounter two different kinds of people in this passage. The first one is, is there were two levels of people in the Jewish culture in those days. There were sinners, which we all know what they are. They're, they're kind of bad people. That's what we would equate them to. And then a level above that sinner was the tax collector. Uh, which was terrible, which I guess in our day is kind of true too. You know, we kind of, <laughs> sinners and then tax collectors. Sorry if you're a tax collector. I will pray for you. Um, and so the Jewish people hated them. They, they were despised because they had disowned their own people and they were, they were disowned by God. And so in Matthew 9, 9, Jesus encounters them. And this is what it says. As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth. So he saw a man sitting there sinning, and worse than sinning, he was a tax collector. He sees him sitting there, and this is what he says. And he said to him, follow me, and he rose and he followed him. Now this is disturbing if you are from a religious background, because what you would expect Jesus to do is you would walk, expect Jesus to walk up to Matthew and look him straight in the face and say, stop sinning. Stop it. Because if you've been in church any period of time, you've all ran into stop it, God, haven't you? 
Like he's the guy that's like, you better stop doing this. You better stop doing that. And if Jesus was stopping God, he'd be like, you better stop it. You better, you're pervert, stop it. You, I know what you did yesterday, stop it. I know what you did last night. I know what you do every night. You better stop it, stop it, stop it. But Jesus doesn't go to Matthew and tell him to stop it. He goes to Matthew and says, follow me. He doesn't condemn him in that moment. He invites him in that moment because what Jesus knew is that Matthew couldn't pursue Jesus and pursue sin at the same time. And a lot of us, we need to get our focus on pursuing Jesus way more than stop sinning. And as we get our focus on, I'm going to pursue Jesus, the natural byproduct of pursuing Jesus is, is I'm going to stop sinning because that's not my focus. Because what gets your attention gets your affection. And if my, all my attentions on Jesus and all of my affection, all of my hope, all of my aspirations are going to go in that place. And what will happen is we start falling in love with Jesus and all of a sudden sin will lose its grip on our life. And so Matthew got up and followed him. It's crazy. Some of us think, man, it's just easy to follow Jesus. It's easy to follow Jesus. Man, every time I hear somebody say it's easy to follow Jesus, I know that that is a crack smoker right there. Because it is not easy to follow Jesus. If it was easy to follow Jesus, every single person would be doing it. In fact, that's why Jesus said, if you refuse to take up your cross, which means if you are not able to do, carry the burden of some of this stuff, there's some weight to doing this, it's going to cause some things to happen in your life, and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. Jesus is saying, hey, listen, sometimes it's going to be really, really hard to follow me. Let me just ask this, for those of you that are Christ followers in here, if, when you follow Jesus, has there ever been a point in your life that it's been hard for you to follow him? Yeah. Okay, let's, let's, let's be even more honest. It's church, you know, can't go wrong here. Is there anybody in here besides me that's ever wanted to sin more than follow Jesus? Okay, okay, we got a lot of honest people in here. That's, that's positive. We're going the right direction. Uh, sin looks fun at times, doesn't it? Come on, let's be, sin is fun. I, I know you're not used to a pastor saying that, but listen, sin is fun. If you're not finding it fun, you're doing it wrong. I got a crash course. I can teach you in an hour how to ruin your life. And that hour will be a blast. Just the consequences of it are not very much fun. Like sin is fun. If it was not fun, like we wouldn't have to tell you not to do it because you wouldn't want to go do it if it wasn't fun. Am I right? Like sin is fun. And honestly, there are days that I want to pursue Jesus with all of my heart, and like, I love those days. And then there's days, honestly, where I just want to go dive into sin, like dive all in it, grab it, rub it all over, you know, just roll in it, like. I know I'm not the only one. I, maybe I'm the only one that'll admit it, but then I just want to. Why? Because following Jesus is the right thing to do, but diving into sin is the easy thing to do. And I've just found that for the majority of us, we would rather do the easy thing rather than the right thing just out of pure convenience in life. 
And so Jesus is saying, take up your cross and follow me. He's saying, listen, this isn't going to be the easy path for you to take. In fact, let me kind of unpack it like this. Maybe you're a single person in here and you get that phone call from him or you get that text message from her and they're like, hey, why don't you come over tonight? And you know exactly what come over tonight means. You know where that is going to lead and what you're going to end up doing. But you're lonely. And when you're lonely, it's really easy to go down the easy path rather than the right path, isn't it? Or let's, let's flip it another way. Maybe you're a businessman and you're out on a business trip with some other guys from your work. And you know that when you're out on that business trip and it's time to go to the hotel at night, they like to go out and do that. And they invite you out to do that. And it would be really easy to go out and do that because that's what everybody else is doing. And that seems like a lot of fun. In fact, the Bible tells us sin is pleasurable for a season. Just the consequences of sin are not. take another step back and be real honest. If we are real honest, we don't really want to get rid of sin in our life. We just want to get rid of the consequences of sin. Ooh, that one kind of hurts. And so the easy thing to do is to go out with those, those guys to that thing. The, the right thing to do is to go to your hotel room, call up your spouse and be like, what's up, baby? Let me tell you about my day. Unplug your TV, open up your Bible, turn off your light and go to bed. It's difficult to follow Jesus, just like it was difficult to follow my diet. But I promise you this, you'll love the results. Because here's what happens when you follow. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And I think that's what every single person is desiring today. Because if I was to define our culture as a whole, if I could summarize all of us in one word, that word would be tired. We're tired of running the rat race. We're tired of pursuing success. We're tired of pursuing excellence. We're tired of pursuing uh, what, what acceptance in life is. We're tired of pursuing uh, our dreams and our goals. We're tired of living um, in the rat race that's going on, we're tired of trying to be perfect. We're, trying to, we're tired of trying to please people. We are just a tired society. And, and Jesus says, like, listen, I know you're not where you want to be and where you think you're supposed to be. But if you'll just take a second and follow me, this is what will happen. Is you'll start to become the person that I'm calling you to become. And the byproduct of you becoming is you're going to get this amazing promise in your life called rest. And so the question for all of us is, is, what is the next step in our walk with Christ that we need to take? If we're following Jesus, what is our next step? Because we all have a next step. We all do. Maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus yet, and you, your next step is asking some questions. And, and listen, there is no question that is off limit for Jesus. Ask your questions. But this is what I also know is that if you're waiting for every question to be answered, that's never going to happen. It's just impossible to answer every single question you're going to have in your life because I still question. And the reason I still question most of the time is because I don't want to deal with an issue in my heart. For some of you, your next step is, is you do need to make a decision for Jesus. For others of you, it's that you need to take a step in your faith and you maybe you need to take out God's word every day and start reading it, not because we're legalistic about that, but because that thing will change your life because it's what God already said about your situation. 
Maybe for others of you, it's, it's you need to confess a sin, excuse me, a sin that's going on in your life. And this is the thing. When you confess that sin to somebody else and you confess it to God, what happens is that sin loses its power in your life. It's an amazing thing. Maybe for some of you, you have some unforgiveness inside your heart right now, and you need to let that bitterness out. I don't know what your next step is, but whatever your next step is, every one of us needs to take it. need to take it. And if you're like, I don't have a next step, I'll tell you what your next step is. It's death. Because when you don't have any more steps to take, you die. Now, you might be stuck, and I've been around church long enough, and I've been around Christ followers long enough in my 16 plus years of being in ministry at this point to know that there are a lot of things that God has spoken to people that we have told God, I'm not ready to do that yet. In fact, I hear it all the time, man, like God is convicting you. You feel this inside, like I need to forgive that person, but they don't deserve my forgiveness. And so I'm not ready to do that. And so what we do is we go and we fill our life with a whole bunch of activity. I'm leading cadet groups. I'm serving in coastal kids. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm worshiping in services. I'm going to beach baptism and I'm, I'm supporting people. And you've got a whole lot of activity going on, but you got very little progress. And we confuse activity with progress. It'd be like this. It'd be like some, you live in a neighborhood and you live in a cul-de-sac and, and a little boy, they move in and this little boy gets on his bike every day. And he rides circles in the cul-de-sac round and round and round for hours. You're like, that's a little strange. Maybe he's, he's not all there yet. Every single day, he, that little boy's out there riding in circles, 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 circles. That, a week goes by, two weeks go by and eventually you're like, man, I need to go have a little, con- I need to have a conversation with that little boy. And you walk out and you're like, hey, little boy, uh, um, what you doing here, like riding in circles day after day after day? And if that little boy looked at you and said, mister, I'm going places. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm taking the world by storm. I'm seeing things that I've never seen. I'm going to places that I've never gone. I'm achieving things that I've never achieved. You'd walk away and say, that kid is cray cray. Because you know he's just going in circles. And a lot of us, what we're doing in our spiritual life is we're just going in circles with all this activity, but never making any progress. And so the question is, is what is the next step? Because here's what it boils down to. You cannot take your next step until you take your first step. It always starts with the first step. And all of us, think that there's a different first step for us all because we all have different preferences. Let me, let me just kind of just confirm that. How many of you guys like rap music? Rap music fans. Like Tupac, I'm talking to old school, Tupac, Biggie, uh, like uh, going Nas, NWA, like I, those are terrible, but I, like that's what I grew up in. And so like I, I love that stuff. Like I just hear Biggie, 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 can't you see? Sometimes your rhymes just hypnotize me. I, like I'm just, you're just blown away. You're like, uh, uh, you're like, you're like ready to go with it. Like you love it. How many of y'all like want to burn your ears out just thinking about rap? Like you hate it. Yeah, there, there's some other people. Some other people. Okay, let me ask this. This is, this is a little debate going on in our house right now. You take a shower, and you're clean, and you get out of the shower, and you have a brand new towel, and you wipe yourself off. Is that towel clean? Yeah. Yes? How about no? Some of y'all, you've never thought about that. It's going to blow your mind for the rest of the day. 
A lot of different preferences right there, isn't it? A lot of people have some different opinions right there. Some people love rap. Some people hate it. Some people think the towel's clean, the college students. Some people think the towel's dirty. They're normal people, you know, and, and so we're all different. We all have some different preferences, and that's why Jesus got real specific about your next step. He said this is the next step for every single person. He said he knew that we needed a path, and the first step for every follower of Jesus is baptism. It's baptism. First step, doesn't matter your age, your race, your economic bracket, your, your level of education. The first step is baptism. Matthew chapter 3, I told you we'd get there. It says, then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. And a lot of times we just skim right over this verse. But this verse, there's some important elements in this verse because this is what I've learned, is that when you travel great distances for things, it's usually because that thing is very, very meaningful. I learned this a couple of years ago. We were having a staff meeting when I was still on staff at Bayside Community Church in Bradenton, and we started talking about Krispy Kreme hot now. And whenever you start talking about Krispy Kreme donuts, and Krispy Kreme donut fans in the, in the house, come on. Like, you know, y'all need to get saved if you don't like Krispy Kreme. Like, you're missing out on, on a game changer for your life. Krispy Kreme hot now. We started thinking about it. There was not a Krispy Kreme around us. It was actually in Tampa, which is about an hour drive away. We're in the middle of a staff meeting. We drop everything to go get the hot now because we don't want like a warm and later. Warm and later is not good. Hot and now is a game changer. You show up when it's hot, you can stuff four or five of those in your mouth before you even realize you've ate them. It's amazing. You ever drive by Krispy Kreme on US 1? I know that's what you're all thinking about right now. You're like, I wonder if that sign is on. You just pull up, you get, you say, give me 12, and you just pound them as fast as you can. You can get a dozen in a minute, I promise. It's going to hurt you about five minutes later, but that first minute is glorious. I'm going to tie this into baptism too. Okay, okay, ready? Okay, you go to Krispy Kreme. If you've never been to Krispy Kreme, what they do is they have this machine that like spits out the dough and it goes into a circle and it's on a conveyor belt. And it's kind of going along the conveyor belt. And what happens is, is they have the, the warm sugar that like just kind of envelops the donut. And so you want your donut to be baptized in that sugar. Like you don't want an unbaptized Krispy Kreme, like it's just not, it's just a hot dough. But when it gets baptized in sugar, it becomes like a little piece of heaven and it changes your life. <laughs> Told you I tied into baptism. I mean, that, that was the best illustration of baptism right there in the world. It's immersed in sugar. Okay, another question. How many of y'all have ever driven an hour or two to go to a concert? How many of you guys? Yeah, a lot of you guys. Okay. How many of you guys have ever driven an hour to go shopping? My hands up. Shoe shopping. Yeah, a lot of you. All the ladies. All the ladies' hands up. You're like, okay, TJ, this is great. Krispy Kreme, shopping, concerts. What the heck does that have to do with baptism? What it has to do is the fact that Jesus was in Galilee, and he was going to the Jordan River, which was 60 miles away. 60 miles on foot over rugged terrain just to be baptized. If it was that important for Jesus to do, how important do you think it's for us to do? If he was willing to make that kind of trek and that kind of sacrifice to make sure that this was a pivotal moment in his life, it's pretty important. And on, a, on his way, like, 
John tries to deter him. He, he come, there's some obstacles that come up. In verse 14, it says, John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? John tried to tell Jesus, man, I can't do that. Like, I can't do this for you. He even tried to out-argue Jesus. And I don't know about you, but anytime I try to out-argue Jesus, I always lose. But a lot of us, we have some arguments when it comes to baptism. Like, we argue some things. We say, I can't do baptism because one of them I hear all the time is because my parents baptized me as a kid. And I'm like, that is awesome. Here, let me tell you what your parents did. Your parents dedicated you to God. See, baptism always follows an individual's decision to follow Jesus. And see, when you're a baby, you can't choose your team. They can put a jersey on you, but that isn't your team until you make that choice. And when you make a decision for Jesus, all of a sudden that becomes your team. And then it's your turn to make a decision and make a public declaration to Jesus. And see, what you're doing when you go and you are baptized after you've made a decision is you're following through on the thing that your parents started and honoring them by finishing it out living for Jesus. Something we all need to do. Another thing I hear is, well, I, got, I, I was baptized when I was 12. I was like, and I always want to be like, did you follow Jesus ever since you were 12? And most people are like, no. So in essence, you went and bought a wedding ring before you were ever married and just wore it around. It's kind of stupid. I've been baptized three times. Because the first two were just because I was peer pressured or I thought it was the thing to do. But I was not really following Jesus. The last time it was for real. Some of you guys need to make a for real decision to follow Jesus, and you need to take it public for the entire world to hear. Another excuse I hear all the time is, 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 is I'm just scared of water. Listen, in six years of being a church, we have not lost a single person yet. <laughs> not one. No drownings, no shark bites. You might be the first. But this is like, hey, I just believe that you're going to go straight to the front of the line in heaven if that happens to you. So, I mean, that's like, it's like more glorious. Another, another thing I hear, and this is predominantly from women. I guess there's some dudes that might do this, but uh, I, I hear this a lot. Like, I'm really worried about what I'm going to look like when I come out of the water. Some people find that funny, but some people are that, like, they're really, really serious about that. And let me just say this to you. If that's you, um, we serve a Savior who was beaten, who was whipped, who was hung naked on a cross for you. It would be awesome if you could put your vanity aside to go public for him. And so uh, follow what Jesus did and do what he said to do. And so... John tries to stop Jesus. This is what happens in verse 15. But Jesus answered him, let it be so now. For thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. In essence, what he says, he says, he said, let's do this now. Let's do it. Let's not wait any longer. He's, he's like, let's do it. In fact, I like how it sounds. This is how I read the Bible, just FYI. Like I read this and I think it sounds like Yoda. Let it be so now. You know, and it's like, I do a terrible Yoda, but. <laughs> you got to make it interesting, okay? Like, you got to be creative. Star Wars is coming out. It's got to get you fired up. So, uh, but I love this word now. It's such a powerful word. Because when Jesus tells you to do something, you know when you should do it? Right now. Right now. Not later. 
not tomorrow, not a week from now, right now. And I hear so many people that go, well, Jesus told me to do this, and I'm going to get to that when I get to that. Or I'm not ready to take that step yet. And you have the intentions of doing it later, but let me just tell you something. Delayed obedience is immediate disobedience. If Jesus says to do it, do it right now. Don't be a cul-de-sac Christian and just go around with a whole bunch of activity. Do it right now. Because here's the deal. What you're trying to do is you're trying to control your life and your future, and you have no control. It's the greatest of illusions. But you know what? There is one who controls it all, who created the entire universe. And don't you think if he's given you some instructions on life, since he's in control, you might want to listen. Verses 16 and 17, and it says, when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water. He's baptized. He is fully immersed. He was like fully under that Krispy Kreme. And, and he comes back up, and behold, the heavens were open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. God showed up at baptism and was happy. You want to know why? Because anytime we make a declaration for God publicly, it pleases him. And this was the start of everything for Jesus. He went on to do three years of incredible ministry, healing the sick, casting out demons, doing some ridiculous teaching that absolutely blew people's minds. Eventually, three years later, one of his boys betrays him. He ends up getting arrested and beaten, hung on a cross and dies. And three days later, he rose again. And when he comes back, it's a great story. You should read it. It's in the Bible. When he comes back, he leaves his followers with this, this last word. In Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20, it says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. It says, All authority is mine. And, and this is a good question for you to ask yourself. Does Jesus have all authority in your life? Because all authority is his Are you submitting that authority in your life to him? He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. Baptizing them. First thing he tells us to do as we're making a disciple, as somebody's following Jesus, is to baptize them. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. See, we all have a next step. And there's a lot of us in here, we've made decisions for Christ. In fact, over the last month, we've seen 30 plus people make decisions for Christ. Yeah, that's a good thing. Like, that was the weakest golf clap I've ever heard. Like, heaven just outdid y'all way better than that, but that's okay. We don't, we don't, you don't want to clap, that's okay, but here's the deal. We have some steps to take. And for a lot of us, it's making a public declaration of Jesus is Lord in our life, and we do that by baptism. And you have the opportunity to do that. Four o'clock today, straight out of Atlantic Avenue at Pompano Beach, we have a pavilion rented there. We're going to have games, we're going to have food, but we're going to be doing water baptism. And we'd love for you to come out and join us. In fact, if you want to join us for that, there's a number being thrown up on the screen right now. Uh, you can text your name to that and your phone number to that number. We would love to 
help you in this journey. We'd like to help you take that next step. Even if you don't do that, just show up. We're going to baptize anyways. If you just if you just come and you just watch, and this is what I know is that, that God will convict your life if you're supposed to do that. In fact, my prayer is that God will make your life miserable until you take your right step. And I think that that's a totally healthy prayer. I hope he wrecks your life until you make your right step. Some of you, it is baptism. For others of you, it's a decision for Jesus. For others of you, it's a forgiveness thing. For others of you, it's a trust thing with your finances. Maybe for others of you, it's stepping out and serving. I don't know what it is for you. Maybe it's breaking up with a relationship. Maybe it's pursuing a relationship. I don't know what it is, but we all have a next step. And if we're going to grow, that means we're taking our next step. And so we're going to pray. And I'm going to encourage you, even if you're not getting baptized, come out today. Let's celebrate life that is being completely changed today. Let's pray. God, we just come before you, and I just thank you for who you are and what you're doing in people's lives, Lord. I just pray right now that every single person in here, God, that you would show us, that you would reveal to us, that you would challenge us to take our next step. No matter what that step is, whether that's baptism, whether that's asking some more questions, whether that's making a profession of faith, whether that's restoring a relationship, God, I pray that you would wreck our lives until we take that step. God, that you would mess up everything that seems so right right now until we take that step. God, that we know what it is and we need to take it. Lord, I pray that as we do, Lord, that you would show up and you would give us the thing that we're all looking for, and that's rest. God, we know that you're in complete and total control of life, and we just submit ourselves to you. God, help us to follow you all the days of our life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.